0: i have the distinct pleasure today to introduce you to our interim um, pastor and wife uh, so this is gary and his wife ann waller um, and what's really cool about gary and Anne is that um, gary has known my dad all of his life practically <laughs> so gary is a family friend of ours um, they went to nnc together they were in the same grade they went on to seminary together And then uh, a little bit later in life, they both taught at NNU together in the same department, um, in the business department. And so um, Gary has been a huge part of our life. Um, And we even got to take a family trip to the Holy Land together where they were co-leaders of our trip. And so I got to spend time with both Gary and Ann over there. So um, I am just So excited to have them here with us. Um, They're going to be here for a while during this interim time, so get to know them. Um, They're great. You're going to love them. Come on up.
1: I have Parkinson's, so uh, I always take it easy when I'm uh, getting up stuff. It's so much fun to be here this morning to uh, share with you. I have preached in this congregation, this church, not for regular Sunday service, but uh, for two funerals. My uh, Aunt Jane Waller, uh, had her funeral service here. They were attending. She was attending here with my cousin, uh, Marla and Oren Rovig, that were here. And uh, I also had Oren's funeral here as well. And uh, my some of you may know the Crane family. My Aunt Jane is part of the Crane family. And uh, so it's been my privilege to be here. One of the things that uh, Jacqueline didn't say is um, when R.G., her dad, uh, left, we we left college and went to seminary, he went single. And while he was there, he he was captured by Janice, his wife. They met in seminary. And uh, I've had the privilege to be uh, around the family since all the girls were born. And it's been a real privilege to be here, to be here with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I pray your blessings upon us. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today is the second Sunday in Lent. Much like Advent is a way to prepare us, our hearts, for Christmas, Lent is the Christian season to prepare our hearts for Easter. The Lenten season is a time of self examination, a time to reflect upon God's grace and forgiveness. The purpose of Lent is to set aside time to really reflect on Jesus to talk about and think about his life, his suffering, his death, his burial, and, hallelujah, his resurrection. As we reflect, we're reminded from where we have come as Christ followers and how God's amazing grace has brought us to where we are now. It's a time, very important time, to examine our spiritual walk with Jesus and to make choices to enhance that spiritual journey. It's so important with all the pressures around us in our culture and in our society, it is important for us to not neglect our own spiritual growth, but also our collective spiritual growth. Christ Jesus conquered So that we might really, truly live. I'm going to pray again because I want you to really, I want God to really come down and sense, be with us this morning. God of goodness and mercy, hear our prayer as we begin this Lenten journey with you. Let us be honest with ourselves as we look into our hearts and souls. Help us to notice the times we turn away from you and to our own way. Guide us as we humbly seek you and your love. Father, transform us this Lenten season. Help us, give us the strength to commit ourselves to grow closer to you each day. May you guide our efforts to live into your abundant grace. As we have gathered this morning, I ask that you bless us, fill us with your presence in a mighty way. Remind us from where we have come and to where we're going. Father, I pray you bless these feeble lips as I seek to share what you've given to me. Open our hearts and ears to hear what you would say to us. And we ask this in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning, and often you will note, I am a narrative preacher for the most part. And uh, I love to tell stories. I love to write stories. And uh, this morning, I'm going to tell you a story I believe that vividly illustrates the love and grace of God that I want you to focus on this week, particularly as we lean in to Lent. As I mentioned before, Lent is a time to reflect upon God's lavish love. We sang about that today. Grace, his grace and forgiveness. And all of that exceeds our own human understanding. And I would pray that you would lean into this. So I'm going to tell you a story. It's a familiar story that you know very well. My dear wife, you won't believe what happened these past couple of days. I myself am struggling to make sense of it all. As you know, I've been a servant of the Master for over 25 years. I've never seen anything like it. But in order for you to fully understand what has happened... I ought to back up a bit and maybe set the stage so you understand how this unbelievable thing has come to pass. You know, I've worked, you've been with me, I've worked for the master all these years. I remember when each of the two boys were born. Oh, they were the father's pride and joy. There was great celebration, feasting, and excitement on the days of their births. These two boys, they were the future, not only for the Master, but, but for us, everyone who owes their lives to the Master. You know, the, the eldest son, he was conscious of the great responsibility he carried by virtue of being the eldest. He knew that as the eldest, he would inherit the farm, but more than that, he would be responsible for the care and future well-being of the entire family, and, and that includes all of us. He took his role very seriously. He was conscientious, attentive to the wishes of the Father, and was kind and generous to those who serve in this place. The youngest son, well, he was different from the responsible, hardworking elder son. I'm not saying the youngest son was lazy, oh, by no means. He was a hard worker, but his heart was never in it. What I noticed from an early age is that his mind was on other things. He did not seem to care much for the family business, but was more of a dreamer he would often wonder and speak of what was happening outside the boundaries of the farm when a visitor would happen by he was eager to hear tales of the big city of the ways of government and the various wonderful new things happening in the outside world for him the world outside of the farm was alluring and attractive do you remember my dear wife I told you of the day, when, a sad day, when the youngest son came to his father and said to him, Father, I want my share of your estate now, before you die. We were shocked. This was never done. It was unheard of for a son to treat his father as if the father were dead. And this is what it really meant for him to ask for his share of inheritance. But even more shocking was when the master did the inconceivable, he gave the son his portion of the inheritance. I still remember the day the young man left the farm The look on the father's face was painful to watch as his tear-filled eyes followed the young man walking down the road and out of his life. He watched for a long time until the young man disappeared over the horizon. But this was not the last, but rather a sad day followed by many, sad days. I remember many evenings, and you will too, I remember many evenings when the master would sit on the front porch looking down the road. When asked what he was doing, he would say, I'm waiting for my son to return. This was so sad. No one knew what to say to or do to ease the master's loss and pain. Often after bringing food and drink, I would simply sit beside the master, silently wait, and watch with him. The people of the town often talked about the master. They were angered by the heartless thing that the younger son had done, and they secretly ridiculed the master for not having a funeral and declaring the young man dead to him. But last night, something amazing happened. I was serving the master his evening drink and snack when all of a sudden, he leapt up from where he was, ran down the steps, and began to run down the the road. Boy, that's a sad sight. A man of his age, esteem, and prestige uh, should never run it's beneath him. And yet he ran. His robe flapped around his legs and his hair was streaming back as he ran. An awful, awful sight to see. My eyes followed him down the road. And in the distance, I glimpsed a lone figure slowly making his way up the road. Now my eyes are not what they used to be, but I recognized that gate. It was the youngest son. Not knowing what to do, I decided I better follow the master down the road. So I ran as fast as I could to catch up. I assumed that the master would run up to the young man, slap him across the face, order him to leave the premises, and never come back. The master did something unbelievably strange. He ran to the boy. He embraced him and kissed him. The young man mumbled some things that I can't, couldn't make out. But before he could say much of anything, the master turned to me and said, Quickly, quickly, go fetch a robe. Uh, not one of those that would be for everyday farm work, but a special robe, a dress robe, a son's robe. Oh, and bring back the family ring. And look, he has no shoes. Bring some sandals for his feet. And while you're doing all of that, tell the head cook to kill and roast a calf. Because we're going to celebrate. The son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. Now, go quickly. Well, as you can imagine, I ran as fast as I could. I collected the robe and the ring. I told the cook we were going to have a party, so he was to kill the special calf and make ready. And then I ran back to do for the boy as the master had instructed. But, wow. That's not the total story, my dear wife. You won't believe what we learned today. Here's what the young master said had done after taking his share of the inheritance. He moved into the city that had so intrigued him. He made lots of friends who ultimately helped him spend his money. It didn't take long until he was destitute, and you won't believe this. He even hired himself out to a pig farmer who was so miserly, he only let him eat the slop that was fed to the pigs. After a while, the young master decided that was no life for him. He remembered that even we servants had it better than he. So he decided he ought to go back, humble himself before the Father, and submit to becoming a servant like me. But as you've already learned from the wonderful tale that I've told you, The father restored him to sonship. The father even told the shocked eldest son, Don't hold a grudge, just think, This brother of yours who was dead to us has come back to life. He who has been lost is now found. Only God could do such a thing. Well, that my wife, that's the whole story. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. The Master has shown us how to truly love and forgive. The prophet Micah writes these. Where is another God like you who pardons the sins of his people? You cannot stay angry, for you love to be merciful. You will have compassion. You tread our sins beneath your feet, throw them into the depths of the ocean. You bless us, as you promised Jacob long ago. You set your love upon us. So, I'm going to sit a second. So, what might be our response to the story that I've told you? I think twofold. First, praise and thanksgiving. Because, like the son of the story, we are undeserving of all that God has done for us. But he is merciful, and we are grateful, and so we praise him. The second response is one that Jacqueline has already shared in Scripture, telling our story. I'm going to read a portion of the same Scripture she read. Paul writes to the Roman church these wonderful words. If you tell others... With your own mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord. And you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is by believing in his heart that a man becomes right with God. And with his mouth he tells others of his faith. Confirming his salvation. The story I told you this morning is about forgiveness and grace an important story told by Jesus aren't you glad that we serve a God who is like the father in the story I am a God who takes us right where we are and welcomes us into his forever family but you know what is exciting and that's why Lent is so important. God doesn't just take us at that beginning, but he restores us. And what he does is he helps us to live a life of victory, to live as people of God. Lent is a time to think about from where we have come, how our sins separated us from God, And it's a reminder that because of God's great love and grace, we stand forgiven. But not only that, we are restored to sonship and daughtership. I made that word up. But we are restored to sonship and daughtership. If there is a need in your life, I want to say this. If there's a need in your life to repent, Lent is a good time to think about it. If there's a relationship in your life that needs to be mended, it's a good time to deal with that. If there's a habit or something that you've been doing that you need to leave, This is a time to do that. It's a time of growth. It's an important time. And as we look forward to Easter and all that it represents, I encourage you to use this time to reflect on what God has done and will do in your life. Self-examination is a great thing as it draws us closer to the Father. It doesn't have to be a gloomy, sad time. We don't have to go around, you know, and do the old, woe is me, you know. "gotta guess I'll go eat worms. You know, that kind of thing. It can be a joyous time, a reminder of God's gracious forgiveness and hope. Take just a moment. Silence. Think about it. Think about the story. Ask God what he would show you this Lenten season. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song will ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. He took my sins and my sorrows and made them His very own. He showed me the love of the Father, redeemed me and made me whole. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song will ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love me, Father, we thank you. We're grateful for this Lenten season, for it provides an impetus to pause our lives, reflect on what you have done. Jesus came as the babe of Bethlehem and set an example for us of how to live into your love and grace. And now during this season, we reflect on that. We look forward to a great resurrection morning. Thank you. Amen. Well, if you listened well today, you were reminded that sin separates us from our Heavenly Father and from each other. Lent's the time for us to reflect on where God has brought us as a forgiven people. Today you heard a story it reveals the awesome love and forgiveness of the Father. I challenge you. May you embrace the love and forgiveness of Father God. Seek to share the message that he provides. It's a message of hope for everyone. All who need a sense of family, forgiveness, and inclusion. May you ever look to the cross as your salvation and be challenged to go from grace bestowed to grace distributed. That's why this benediction is for us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and may your love increase for each other, and for the world, so that we all may experience the great redemption that is brought by Jesus, our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in peace. God bless you.